Welcome to the Broken Pie Chart Podcast, episode 149. And this is the first one for 2022. I'm your host, Derek Moore. And today we're going to be talking about, well, a few things. Number one is what you thought would work in 2021 maybe didn't work. What you thought wouldn't work did. I'll go over a couple different asset classes and maybe discuss those. And I can't help but, you know, we did a, a lighthearted prediction show last week where Jay Pestercelli and I went through our 2022 as well as bringing, you know, the, the other members uh, who weren't on the podcast, but the other members of our investment committee uh, went over some of our uh, predictions. It's lighthearted because we don't trade off those predictions. And, and we even made mention that we said, hey, we're going to go through this, but you shouldn't trade off it. But I got to tell you, it's, I can't, it's just so many of these people can come on and whether it's TV, whether print media, and they give really dire predictions for the market. And guess what? Most of them are going to be wrong. And I'll self-admittedly say, uh, I can make predictions and, and a lot of them would be wrong as well. It doesn't change how we invest. I mean, as uh, you've heard me and when I've had Jay Pestercelli on as well uh, from Zega Financial, um, you know, our premise, our, our guiding premise is be invested in the market, stay invested, but be hedged. And then there's different strategies that are, you know, on the periphery uh, for the right type of clients. But generally, it's have some sort of a hedge or have a buffer in case markets go against you and how much in each depends on, you know, the, the clients and things like that. And, and by the way, if you, if you want more information on that or want to know a little more about how I allocate portfolios, I'll give you my email. It's Derek, D-E-R-E-K dot more, M-O-O-R-E at zegafinancial.com. That's Z is in zebra, E is in Eddie, G is in George, A is in Apple, financial. And as I always say, financial is up to you to spell correctly dot com. Uh, but we'll kind of start off here, and it's the idea that we obviously had inflation this year came back, and when I say inflation uh, on an annualized basis, it was uh, in the high, you know, six point what was it, six point eight percent on an annualized basis. Uh, we won't have the, the final full uh, two thousand twenty one number until the second week of January, and that's when. December comes in, although the Cleveland uh, now cast for inflation has that on an annualized basis coming in around you know five point nine percent or something like that. So obviously elevated, nothing like we've seen late seventies uh, into the very early eighties. But a lot of people said, look, um, you know, if if all this money printing and if uh, uh, you know we've got, I don't know. All the stimulus, all the money printing, sending out checks to people. People said, "Hey, you know, th this is inflationary." And by the way, a lot of people in two thousand eight, two thousand nine were calling for massive inflation. And as we know now, inflation was hard pressed to average two percent over that that long period. And but if you if you said, "Okay, well, I, I think there's going to be really high inflation," and really high depends upon your perspective, but uh, we're going to have higher than we've had inflation. What would you typically say? Well, most people would say, well, okay, uh, so we, we would short bonds 
meaning if, if interest rates go up, bond prices go down. It's that inverse correlation. Uh, we'd buy gold. We'd buy commodities. We'd maybe buy tips bonds, treasury inflation protected securities. Uh, you know, not, not too sure about stocks. So how do those do? Well, I mean, here's the reality. And if you look at, uh, let's say, the AGG, which is the, uh, uh, the U.S. aggregate uh, core sort of bond uh, index, and we took a look at the, the performance, and uh, you know, generally it was down, oh, I don't know, around 1.4% total return. So that includes dividends, not just the price. And if you look at a, a index, Bloomberg U.S. aggregate bond uh, total return, it was down about you know 1.3% 1, 1. or something like that, right? And so, okay. So if you sold, if you shorted bonds, meaning you sell something and hope to buy it back later cheaper, the inverse of buying and hoping to sell it later at a higher price. All right, well, we had inflation, uh, but you know, you made maybe a point and a quarter, point and a half, something like that. And so, okay, so that, but most people would have said, oh, you know, treasury is going to spike, uh, yields are going to spike, treasuries will, will be hurt, corporate bonds will really be hurt, high yield will be hurt. And really, um, you know, besides the AGG being down a little bit, not, not really, uh, didn't really work out there. Uh, in fact, if we look at high yield bonds, so if I take something like the, uh, uh, the Bloomberg, uh, or you're here, let's go, uh, yeah, let's go one of these. Uh, for example, the, the ICE uh, Intercontinental Exchange, B of A, U.S. high yield total return, you know, it was right around plus 3.4%. So high yield bonds were actually higher. So what about gold? Gold is one of those things where you say, oh boy, you know, gold is the ultimate inflation hedge. And gold is interesting because, look, I mean, it, it doesn't pay a dividend. It's an asset. And it certainly spiked at different periods, you know, after 2008, uh, also in, uh, in the late 70s. But GLD, which is the, the ETF for, uh, for gold, it was down about 7.2%. And yeah, I mean, that, that's, so the obvious thing would be, oh yeah, buy gold, short, short bonds. Yeah, I mean, only uh, you would have, <laughs> you would have lost more on gold, would have made a tiny bit on, on bonds. By the way, uh, gold is interesting, just, just looking at the, the GLD price. And the annualized return going back 10 years is minus 0.28%. Minus 0.28%. So, you know, that, that didn't really work. Uh, what about commodities? Now, commodities definitely had a run higher. And if we look at uh, the performance of commodities over the past year, let's see. Uh, let's let's use Bloomberg Commodity Total Return. So that's a, that's an index, and 
Commodities were up almost 23%. What's interesting there, though, is commodities had a lot of years that uh, that were not great. And so if you look at the five-year annualized return, it's about plus 3.3%. The 10-year annualized return, total return, uh, minus 3.56%. So for the last 10 years, commodities have not really delivered. But obviously commodities, if you would have done commodities, uh, yeah, they, they would have done okay. And then what about TIPS bonds, Treasury Inflation Protected Securities? So if I go to the, uh, the iShares, the... Uh, because uh, you, you can buy individual bonds, and, and I'll link to it, uh, myself and Marcel Benjamin, a uh, senior fixed income strategist over at State Street, who we did a, an information-packed episode where we talked about the uh, Treasury inflation-protected securities. We did a deep dive on those. So I'll link to that in the show notes because uh, they, they are an asset that are sometimes under understood. Is that even a phrase? Well, I just used it. I'll leave it in. So how did TIPS do? All right, well, TIPS, like a lot of bonds, they are, you know, some have more duration, meaning you're going out longer term, others. Uh, but I'll just use as a proxy the iShares, the TIPS bond ETF. And it was up about five and a quarter. Uh, if you look at uh, something, you know, Vanguard has a short term. So one's without much maturity or, or duration. And we looked at their kind of one-year look back, you know, roughly the, a little bit under that, but about 4.87%. So, and there's a, a Bloomberg U.S. Treasury U.S. TIPS total return index, about plus 5.6%. Okay. So, yeah, those, uh, those did provide some return. And uh, it's interesting, though, <laughs> you know, the, there's the, the nominal return and the uh, what should we say, the, the real return after inflation. And on a real return basis, you know, none of the things I've, I've mentioned so far, with the exception of, of commodities, have provided a real return, meaning a return after taking out uh, or accounting for inflation. And by the way, just uh, if you look at maybe a 7 to 10-year U.S. Treasury bond ETF, you know, down about 2.8%. So, I would say the the things that were obvious, quote unquote, obvious to people, weren't really that. Didn't really, you know, go crazy, even though we had inflation. Now, if you look at stocks, stocks were on a total return basis, up. Um, I think for the year they closed right around twenty seven percent or so. Um, but you know, that's uh, uh, I, I haven't actually done the math on the. Uh, uh, to including the dividends and the total return, everything there. So the reason I bring this up is that, look, I mean, we we did another episode of how stocks do or have done during inflationary periods. I'll link to that in the show notes as well. You can refer to that. And stocks have done pretty well. And so this is why I always come back to, hey, why not just own uh, large cap U.S. markets and have some sort of an embedded hedge or a buffer, meaning Instead of trying to time this stuff and say, oh, you know, maybe I should short bonds, go long commodities, I should buy tips bonds, I should buy gold, you know, all these, all these different things. Uh, to me, uh, if you can take out some of the material downside in portfolios through a good hedging uh, strategy in a portfolio, that becomes interesting. And it also, 
you don't have to try and pick and choose the different assets that are going to go one way or another. So we'll uh, we'll probably do more on on these types of things, uh, especially if if inflation remains elevated. And uh, I did an, an episode, really a deep dive on inflation. I'll link to that as well in the show notes that I'd encourage uh, people to look at. Uh, the other thing people ask about is, hey, what about Bitcoin as a, an inflation hedge? I, I, I said before, Bitcoin has not been around the block. We have no historical precedent for how this will do. Uh, it's, it's still rather nascent in its, uh, its investment uh, journey. And I will say, I mean, it, for the year... Uh, I think Bitcoin started the year, you know, around 29,400 or so when it ended the year. What did it end the year? Around 46,000. So, but look, I mean, it, at one point it was 63,000 and at another point during the year it was 29,000. So you had another 50% retracement. Um, I I don't think Bitcoin has any history to to know whether or not that's uh, that's an inflation hedge yet. And its volatility uh, really is a, an issue for a lot of investors. Uh, speaking of investors, I wanted to kind of spend a little bit of time on, and it, it's been a little bit of a, I don't want to say a pet peeve of mine for a bit. And Google search makes this really easy to see. And I know that everyone sees tons of, of doom and gloom. They see clickbait articles that say, hey, the market could lose 80% next year. We're seeing a crash of all crashes that are coming. The reality is, and I've, I've said this before, it may seem odd to have someone come on and who manages uh, you know, portfolios for people to say, I really don't know for sure what the market's going to do. I have inclinations. I have thoughts. Um, you know, it, doesn't, it doesn't change sort of the investment uh, philosophy, though. And... I got to tell you, like every year people come on and they give really bearish prognostications and they talk about how, you know, the, the sky is going to fall and th this is really it or inflation. I mean, people have been calling for inflation for uh, since 2008 for sure. Um, so anyway, I went back and, and this is really easy to do. Uh, if, if you use Google search, what you do is you, uh, you pull up Google search and just type in you know, next market crash coming or stock, stock market crash coming. And then once you do that, uh, then what you do is if you're doing this on a, on a phone, I don't think it has, uh, has this. But if you're doing it on, on let's say, on, on a browser, you click the more button and... I'm sorry, the tools button. And then you can do any duration over on the left. It's underneath all and news. Uh, I'm sorry, any time. Here, I'm giving you a bad instruction. Let me start over. You put, put your search in, it comes up, and then you click tools underneath the search bar on the right. And then you, you click on any time. And you can go down and do a custom range. In other words, show me this term, but only search... For example, between, you know, in the year 2002 or 2012. And that's what I did, actually. I said, you know, let me, let me go back 10 years and see what people were saying 
And so I, I did. I, I kept the search to uh, to 2012, uh, which is we're going into 2022. Yep, that's 10 years. My math is right. And I just looked at what some of the headlines were saying. And it didn't take me long. And I, I don't, I'm not going to name the names and things like that. Because look, I, I, if I, every prediction or every thought I said, uh, I would get wrong too. But my point of, of going over this is that I think a lot of times all of this stuff gets into people's psyche and stops them from being invested or makes them try and time the market. And we know, uh, Jay and I, Jay Prestocelli and I talked about this, where if you just miss the two best days of the year in a market, it seriously inhibits your, your returns. Again, doesn't mean you just have to be in, in the market and not have any downside protection. Um, that's kind of what we do. So I'm a big advocate of that. But I just, I, in, in two, just two argue, you know, this is 2012. And I'll just read a, a quote from, a, uh, from an article. It says, our problems aren't over. Uh, our bear market is not over. These problems are going to come back to haunt us and hurt us either this year, next year, the year after, sometime in the foreseeable future. It doesn't matter who said it. That's 2012. Now, if I include 2012 through the end of 2021, the S&P average, the simple average, was right around 16% uh, on a total return basis. Uh, somebody else in this same article said, I'm very bearish on everything. And, you know, other people said, uh, you know, talked about our worst nightmare of a severe double dip recession is possible. And that was based upon some tax cuts expiring. And then there was someone else who said, uh, you know, it's delusional to interpret economic stats, uh, talking about a turnaround. And they also said that there's a hard rain coming, batten down the hatches. And of, or of course, you know, um, you know, obviously the, uh, People said, you know, 2008, we're going to have a double dip recession, things like that. And then just, you know, another article talked about, uh, oh yeah, something evil and bearish is bubbling in the market. That was that was a headline. And people said, you know, you should you should do gold. So favors hard assets like gold and collectibles. Remember what I told you on gold? Again, I I don't know what the price of gold is going to do. But this article was 10 years ago. And so 10 years ago, you think, well, okay. If I would listen to that article and got out of stocks and got into to gold. And by the way, the call might have been right if it, if it would have worked out. The point is that you just don't know. You really don't know. The only thing you can control is your ability to put money to work and to have the right strategies with the right risk management based upon what you want to get out of it. Uh, but gold, remember I go, I'll just look at 10 years back here, 10 years, negative 0.28% annualized return going back 10 years. Um, let, let's continue though. You know, someone else said, uh, uh, you know, 
vice grip of a, a bear market will soon squeeze the hope from their gasping, broken bodies. That was another quote. Um, you know, I was talking about the recession. You, know, you you've been warned. Somebody else said, uh, "This is 2012. Remember, uh, feels like 1999 and 2007 all over again." Meaning, you know, right before the the last uh, the last you know downturn. Somebody else said. They were talking about food and gas prices. Last time that happened, we had 0% GDP growth. We know that we had negative GDP growth in uh, 2008. And it was, what was it, 12, um, no, nine. Yeah, I mean, it was 12 years until the next uh, the next issue in, in the markets. Next time we had a bear market, it was it. In this case, it wound up being very short. And then someone else said, uh, you know, their, their analysis for prospective returns um, in the S&P 500 have dropped to the single lowest point in a century of data, meaning this is the, this is the worst we've seen. And then, of course, you know, the whole Fed policy will destroy the world. So I think this is a good place to, you know, I, I could keep going on and on, but I encourage you when you see someone talking about doom and gloom, do that Google search and put it in for a different year. And you're going to see the, the same pieces run over and over again. And I don't think it's really helping anybody, uh, you know, achieve your goals. Let's just put it that way. The other thing I'll say too, is that in the past, you know, before the internet and then before all social media and all this stuff, I mean, things were more, you had newsletters, you had papers, you had TV, obviously. But now anybody can put anything out anywhere. And I can't tell you how many times I've had stuff passed to me and I read it and I say, this is just completely incorrect. They don't even know what they're talking about here. And so that's the other challenge, I think, for a lot of people is there's so much noise and so much uh, information out there. And I think you saw that with the GameStop and you saw it with AMC. I've seen any number of things that I looked at and said, wow, this is, you know, the, everything from the Fed balance sheet are going to call in loans. And when the loans come in, the hedge funds are going to have to uh, buy back all their short shares and, and things like that. It just... You know, things that really didn't make sense. In the end, though, what you should be thinking about is, do you have the right strategies and do you have hedges in place or some measure of protection? So if any of this stuff ever does come true, you kind of less, you lessen the pain. You put a floor in the portfolio and you get to stay invested. And I think it's really difficult for a lot of people out there to to read all this stuff all the time and stick with it. And unfortunately, I think a lot of this stuff is not helpful for people at all. And nowadays, anybody can post anything. Uh, trust me, I've had lots of stuff passed to me that didn't make any sense. So, all right. So that's, uh, we'll call it there. Uh, rather than rating and reviewing and starring, go ahead and share this podcast with someone who you think might enjoy it. Even if it's someone you think might not enjoy it, maybe they'll listen to it and they'll be like, yeah, this is actually kind of good. 
Uh, by the way, remember, uh, please send me emails, Derek.more at zegafinancial.com. That's uh, D-E-R-E-K dot M-O-O-R-E at Z-E-G-A financial.com. Z is in zebra, E is in Eddie, G is in George, A is in Apple. Financial's up to you. And let me know what topics or episodes you'd like to hear more about. Uh, I do, I have had some people ask me to, to kind of critique some individuals or specific people. And I, you know, I just don't really want to do that. It's, it, it, uh, but I, I thought it was an interesting exercise in general, just go back and, and take a look at things. But by all means, uh, send me any, uh, you know, suggestions for episodes. A lot of these that I do are listener suggestions. I also want to thank people. Uh, 2021 was the highest listened or downloaded year for the podcast so far. And so hopefully 2022 is, uh, is even better. All right, we'll call it there and we'll see everybody next week. 